You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Egga on the other line. Egga, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. The NFL is finally over. The Super Bowl has come and passed. And you know we're going to give you all the recap on that, some of our biggest takeaways from that game, what it could mean for the Chiefs moving forward, what it means for the Eagles. And, you know, we got the NBA with all the trade talk news and whatnot. So we got a lot of sports to talk about this week. At a time where we were kind of at a little bit of a standstill, basketball felt dry. We were just waiting for the Super Bowl at this point. But now we're getting into some of the most spiciest parts of the sports season. Yes, sir. If this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment. Two wild Wednesday social media wants to know entertainment and current events and past the odds. So definitely stick with us throughout this entire episode before we dive into anything. Gotta let y'all know that it is Kane week. So if y'all don't got y'all tickets for Ant-Man 3 Quantumania, go ahead and copy your tickets for Thursday night because that movie is going to be lit. I'm hearing nothing but good things. And even if you not have, you don't have big expectations for Marvel, just go to see Jonathan Majors as Kane. Yeah, just go nigga. to see Jonathan Majors, man. Because that nigga has been a put on a show. I already exactly. know it because everything he's been in has been a hit. So definitely do it. Shout out to Jonathan Majors. And don't be like Quincy. This is for all my black people. Don't be like Quincy. When you go to the movies to buy it, to, well, y'all buying tickets on the phone anyway. But if you go to the movie theater to buy your tickets. We're going to see that Kane. Don't say I'm going to see the Kane movie. Please <laughs> don't do that. Yes, Black sir. people, I need y'all to do better. We got to act for calling movies the wrong <sighs> thing. Hey, can I get tickets to see that Bow Wow skating movie? You mean Roll Bounce? No, no, no. Like, that's Bow Wow skating bro. movie, no. Bow Wow got a lottery oh, movie. Bow Wow got a skating movie. Bow Wow got a movie where uh, there wasn't a, <laughs> when he was in All About the Benjamins, he was that little short nigga running around. Got a basketball movie. That's how we just addressed that nigga. But well, uh, we're yes. not gonna call Like Mike a basketball, just a basketball movie. We're gonna say the, the name Like Mike. We ain't Bow gonna say has he got a lot a of movies in different categories though, so you really can't yeah. section off his movies like that. So Bow Wow basketball movie, yeah. Bow Wow little <laughs> skating movie, yeah. <laughs> you get section off his movies like that. It's easy. <laughs> But uh, moving on to the first topic, which is going to be the Super Bowl, obviously. Super Bowl 57 recap between the Eagles and the Chiefs. It was a shootout like we both predicted. And boy, did we get one hell of a show for Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Both of them both through the end. It looked like the Eagles was going to do something in the first half. They really controlled the game for most of it. But man, from the start of the second half, Mahomes really dominated. The Eagles had their chances. But Patrick Mahomes just showed why he's so great in this NFL. And while a lot of people are not calling him the greatest person to ever touch a football, like his legacy is in that realm. He's been to five conference championships. Uh, he's been to three Super Bowls. He's won two in his first five years starting. This is a ridiculous pace that we're seeing from any other quarterback. So that shit is just crazy. So what was, what was your biggest reaction to the Super Bowl, first off, before we dive into the category? My biggest takeaway was the Chiefs answered the question that I and some other people have posed of, is this really a dynasty for Kansas City? Because I was one of the main people asking that question, you know, if the Eagles pull out a win and the Chiefs get their second Super Bowl loss out of three appearances, are we really calling it a dynasty at that point? Are they just a juggernaut team when it comes to the AFC? 
or are they really the team to beat across the entire NFL? Patrick Mahomes shut me up. I mean, I picked the Chiefs to win, but he shut me up with that notion. And he, they really, the Chiefs as a whole, set the tone of, look, this is our time. And they're, of course, they're not going to say that they have a dynasty going on, but that's what we're watching at this point. Like Quincy said, you, you've been to the Super Bowl three times, one, two out of three, and people have had to go through you to get there the past five years in a row. But they say it's not a dynasty until you get three, though. I don't know. I, that's, well, a, that's like an unofficial rule. But they said I about to say that has to be it. something unofficial. There was an interview. I think it was Freddie Gibbs was on the All the Smoke podcast, and they ended up asking uh, Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. He, th- he asked them about the Bad Boy Pistons because the Bad Boy Pistons only got two, but they really mm-hmm. were uh, like a, a roadblock for Michael Jordan in his early years. They went up against the Celtics with Larry Bird. They obviously went up against uh, Magic Johnson, won some championships against him. So when you think about that run, they, they really dominated, but they only have two championships to show for. But most people wouldn't consider them a dynasty, even though they have back-to-back championships. So right now, I still don't think we put the dynasty tag on them yet. It might be a little too early, but they're on their way to being a dynasty. I don't know. Well, that that goes with the conversation we had of, um, remember a couple of weeks ago when I posed it to you of, are they in a dynasty or is this just an error? So I think that's what you're leaning towards. Mm-hmm. Of, yes, we are in a Kansas City Chiefs era right now. Yes. This is the Patrick Mahomes era. But I, I won't be mad at people that say we can't call it the dynasty till they get three. I'm, I don't oppose anybody who gives them the tag early and says, no, they are a dynasty right now because I don't see it going any other way at this point. Really? They've answered <laughs> all my questions. They checked all boxes. So I, I don't know what else to say at this point. I, I can understand either side of the argument. But I'm on the side at this point of pushing the the dynasty tag on them because I can see them going, at least going, if not winning, at least two more Super Bowls over the next three seasons. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. My biggest takeaway is the Eagles, man. I thought the Eagles had the best opportunity to win this game, but a couple of big proponents that got them to this this point really let them down. Bro, that defense – did absolutely nothing in the Super Bowl. I thought you went up against Patrick Mahomes. So I know he's the greatest of all time, or one of the greatest of all time. But you couldn't get one stop on him in the second half. That, that nigga was just going up and down the field. Nobody was stopping him. This is supposed to be a top two great defense in the NFL, and that's what you get. Y'all boys, everybody looked like all pros when y'all played against the San Francisco 49ers. I thought it was going to be the same thing. And y'all didn't even touch Mahomes the whole night. That shit was ridiculous, bro. I thought the defense was going to play way better. I knew it was going to be a shootout, but I at least thought the Eagles could come out with some key stops for Jalen Hurts to get the ball back and put some more points on the board. But we didn't see that at all come the second half, and that jump just completely disappointed. El, but oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but Debo Samuels and Ayuk and a couple other 49ers players over the last two weeks, they have been saying that this whole time, and people have been saying, oh, y'all just salty because y'all lost or whatever. And – they were really saying, like, no, there are holes in this Eagles team. There are holes in that offense. There are, well, obviously less holes than the defense, but there are holes in the offense and defensive side that, unfortunately, we just weren't able to to execute and point out because of our quarterback situation. Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson getting hurt on the field obviously kept the defense out there way longer than they wanted to be, which – in the end, made them gassed, and the Eagles could just have their way with them. And then but they played Daniel Samuels, Jones and the Giants, and so Daniel Jones went up crazy, yeah. 
when Debo Samuel said that, and it really made the case that this team is not really like that, we got to see that on Sunday, how Patrick Mahomes has had their way with them. So I don't agree. I don't think they have been mid this whole time. I don't think they've been frauds this whole time. I think they just folded in this one particular folded. game. I think they that, folded, That's bro. what it is. That I ain't going to go as far as say they mid. Yeah, that defense got too many pro bowlers and veteran pieces on that team. And solidified pieces at that. Fletcher Cox yeah. solidified. Hassan Reddick has had one of the best three-year stretches we've seen from a Slay. linebacker. You know, Slay is consistent. You can say some shit about Bradbury. Bradbury is somebody who's been inconsistent. And he was somebody who got tested at the end of the game, had that controversial penalty at the end. But he's somebody who still had a couple of good years in the league. I mean, your two safeties are pro bowlers. Like, this team had too many pro bowlers on that side of the ball for me to say this was just some fluke-ass defense that was never tested. They just had a lot of good weapons, but it just got exposed by Patrick Mahomes in this offense. That's all I was yep. But I was just disappointed that they couldn't come up with any key stops when they needed it, bro, which was disappointing. Now, moving on to that controversial last play, I think that was the right call. Oh, yeah. But you you can't make that call in that moment, bro. I don't think you can make that call in that moment. I honestly think that was an uncatchable ball because it honestly wasn't in the range for him to catch it, in my opinion. And honestly, it's some shit that I feel like you gotta you gotta give away. You gotta get you gotta give get away with that in that in that type of moment in the Super Bowl. You can't let the Super Bowl come down to a penalty, bro. And I feel like that's what it came down to. What that penalty was called, the game was over. And that was a legendary Super Bowl we just watched. And then we see it again so anticlimactically, bro, where it's just like, damn, we just know what the, how it's gonna end. Obviously, Kansas City's gonna get this field goal, it's a win. This Super Bowl was too legendary for it to end on that call. Um, I'm not upset that the call was made because it was the right call, but this is why I'm upset. How many pass interference calls were done in that game before that call? I don't remember that many. Zero. That's what I said. There were no pass interference calls the entire game. So the one time that you do call pass interference, you do it with what about two and a half minutes or less on a possible game winning drive. And that's what upset me the most because we have not gotten a pass interference call this whole game on either the Eagles or Chiefs side. Over 60 plays were done in this entire Super Bowl and there was not one pass interference call. So the fact that there was one and that one damn near did decide the game, I don't like saying they decide the game because Jalen Hurts could have not, it could, he could have yeah. not have fumbled. You know, yeah. there could have been things that the Eagles defense could have done to stop Patrick Mahomes. So there yeah. were things that built up to that. But was that the catalyst to the game ending the way it did? Yes, most definitely. But you have to be smarter as the defender in that situation. The ball was getting thrown to that side of the field. So the referee had no choice but to throw the flag. Now, if they were on the opposite side of the field and that happened to Kelsey way on the opposite side of the plate, then it might not have been called. But the fact that that was the receiver Mahomes was aiming for, he was aiming for Juju, and the fact that you pull him and that's the receiver he's aiming at, that was why the call had to be made. So I I don't think it should have been called, but it was the right call based on the circumstances. It's just the fact that the refs weren't consistent the entire game, and this is the one time they decided to be right. That shit was just so tough, man. I feel I feel for her to say, honestly, I agree with you on that first point. Uh, I feel like that fumble was the biggest play of that entire game. That's the only so, mistake he made the whole that was game. The only he made, but that was the biggest mistake of the game, and that's what turned yep. the game around. Because when he fumbled, it was fourteen to seven. The Eagles were driving, 
And then yep. he ended up fumbling. Then he, that's what ended up tying it up. That was the biggest play of the game. We all look at that 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 holding penalty and say, "Oh no, it was that." That's what caused it was but that it was fumble. Just, it was there was that fumble that turned around. It was just like that Beagles versus Chiefs game where everybody was mm-hmm. looking at that whooping the passer call up. That's how they lost the game. Well, you can look at numerous points throughout that game where that's where the Bengals lost. And it's the same situation here. They didn't lose it off that penalty. It was a crucial call. But I think that penalty is what lost them the game. But I'll say this, this about Hurts, though. That was one hell of a performance. And honestly, if we keep it a real being in this bitch, he was the best player on the field on Sunday. Oh, yeah. He was for the sure. best player on the field on Sunday. If we keep it a real all He ran for three touchdowns yeah. and threw a touchdown. And yeah. he, had the, he had the most clutch throws throughout the entire game. If you look at the <laughs> top five clutch throws in that game, they were all Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so I promise you That one that got it when it went right over the defender hand and got that's that ball was and, crazy. And shout out to Goddard because he made some crazy catches too. Not every ball was pretty. I grant I know, granted, we gotta give Jalen Hurts credit because he still had to put the ball in the right place. But there were some passes where I'm like, I don't know how the hell Goddard is catching these. I don't know how he's holding on to some of these balls. So it's like Jalen Hurts was just clearly the best player the entire game doing historical numbers, you know, becoming the first quarterback to rush for three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Like, it, it was but it that was speaks to Patrick that... Mahomes' greatness, though, because even when he's not the best player on the field, he still comes out on the other end, the champion yep. at the end of the day. Because he threw for speaks... less than 200, exactly. which is wild. And which is crazy as well. Because that running game was working, but Checo was eating the whole night. And that was yep. something that the Eagles has been stopping the whole year. The Eagles, like, I think, number one or number two in a rushing defense. But Checo mm-hmm. was running all over the head. Like, that's what I'm saying when I was disappointed in the defense. But definitely want to say shout out to Jalen Hurts before we completely. Because that man put on a hell of a performance that needs to be acknowledged, and needs yes. to be acknowledged. So definitely shout out to him. But um, something else I wanted to dive into. Uh, I feel like I'm missing it. But okay, let's move on to these topics. Out. Oh, first, let's the first topic that I want to dive into with the Super Bowl is well, the big conversation this week has been Patrick Mahomes might be the greatest player to ever touch a football. Most people are consistently putting him in that top three conversation, Brady, Montana, Mahomes. But I'm hearing a lot of people say he's ready to go. The first five years doing what he's done, two MVPs, two support MVPs, two rings. Who has their resume? And he's not slowing down anytime soon. Is he the GOAT? Uh, is he the GOAT? No. I think until Brady is eclipsed, Brady will always be the GOAT. When it comes to overall success, at that position or overall success in the entire league, I think is Brady. But when we talk about just who is the better quarterback, when it comes to like, hey, who has the better talent at this position, who is most skilled at this position, it is Patrick Mahomes. Like for a long time, it was Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people say, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably, you know, the number one quarterback you think of when you think of a talented quarterback who can use their legs effectively, not, to the Lamar Jackson level, but enough to where they make positive plays each time and to who can just really throw a nice dart, who could throw a good deep ball, who just always knows where their receivers are. That was Aaron Rodgers for a very long time. And I think over the past two to three years now, he's been dethroned by Patrick Mahomes. Is that Even though he's won MVPs, I think Patrick Mahomes has eclipsed that and is now the greatest football talent we've seen at the quarterback position. I don't even think it's close. And if he 
somehow, some way, passes Brady when it comes to Super Bowls, we got to call him the GOAT. Even if he doesn't pass him in every single statistical category, I think just passing him with Super Bowls plus the talent, that'll be enough to make people say, okay, yeah, it's him. So when we look at this conversation, I think we're going to start having a LeBron and Jordan type of debate when we start moving down the line when Patrick Mahomes reaches the end of his career. Because I don't know if he gets to seven championships. But like yeah, you said, neither. he's already number one when it comes to talent. And if you give him four to five championships, I think you got to put him over Brady. But it's just like when you look at LeBron, even though LeBron doesn't have as many championships as MJ, everything that LeBron can do on the court, he's the best pure basketball player we see it in terms of can pass, can shoot, can defend, can do everything, can score at a high level. Obviously, he has all these accolades now. Even though he doesn't have as many rings, he's the best in terms of talent, in terms of talent and he's the best, or he's good enough when it comes to rings because he has four. Not as many as Jordan, but he has enough. I think it's going to be that same conversation we'll be getting with Mahomes and Brady. Where Brady, where right. Mahomes doesn't have seven championships. He might end with five, but you already know he's number one talent-wise, and I think that's going to bump him over Brady when we have this GOAT conversation later in his career. I would just say it now. I think Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever touch a football. I really is. I think like, he might be the greatest. I can't be mad at that. Like, bro, he's the, the dude, what he's done in the first five years, granted, he's been in a terrific situation, but you can say that about all these quarterbacks who we've been named. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady was in a terrific situation when he went into New England. Joe Montana was in a terrific situation. A-Rod sat himself. behind them Brett Favre. You know like. what I'm saying? A-Rod had great situation. All of these quarterbacks who were in these upper echelon of the Hall of Fame conversations, they had great situations. So you can't put that against Mahomes and just something that adds to it. And to see what he I, did this year without his I number one Peyton, option. I think Peyton and Eli might be the only two quarterbacks that weren't just in perfect situations. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. More so, more yeah. so. Uh, they were number one pick, so obviously we got to go but, but that's one. a testament to Peyton Manning. Yeah. That's a testament to Peyton still overcoming that. Granted, nowhere near the amount of trophies as Brady, but the impact on the game he had when it came to mm -hmm. being a smart quarterback, when it came to when it came to uh being an effective quarterback and just commanding offenses, Peyton Manning will always be mentioned. Peyton, Man Peyton Manning is the goal to a lot of football fans when it comes to this QB conversation. Bro, you'd be surprised how many people say Peyton Manning the GOAT. Brady was beating bro. his ass for a long period of time, bro. Hold you, on, bro. You would be surprised. No, I agree. <laughs> but ask around. You're going to hear a lot of Peyton Mannings when you'll be like, what? You don't see Mahomes. You don't see Aaron Rodgers. You don't see this. You don't see that. A lot of people mess with Peyton Manning like that, bro. Right now. Like, Drew Brees or Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning. Yeah. Over Drew Brees? Yeah, Peyton Manning. I probably would go with Peyton, too. Probably go with Peyton. Damn, where is, where is Peyton Manning? That's a name that really doesn't get brought up in these type of conversations, conversations obviously, because he doesn't deserve to be that high up. But where does he, like, really rank when you talk about, like, uh, quarterman ranks of all time? Mm. Is he, like, top five? When we say top five? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say top five. Because you, you still got to have some OG names up there, like mm -hmm. Starbucks and people like that. They, they have to be in that upper echelon. I don't know if Peyton passes them. Top ten? I wouldn't be mad if anybody had Peyton in their top 10. But top five, it can get tricky. Because we already saying three names already. Mahomes, Brady, Montana. That's three off rip. And then if you if you got some OGs giving their perspective. But I'm saying if you got OGs giving the answer, Starbuck is up there, bro. So that's four of top five taken already. 
So it, it depends on we we got to compare accolades to accolades at that point and impact the impact for that fifth spot. I don't know if Peyton getting that fifth spot. He top ten though. I would have him top ten. So Peyton might be top five. Peyton Molly is top five. When you think about it, Peyton Molly is top five. Because if you're breaking up names like Roger Staubach, I'm like, I probably will put Peyton over him. But but it's like the it's like the Bill Russell thing, bro. When it comes it's to like the, the Bob NBA. Cousy thing. Go ahead and say Bob it, Cousy. No, you, no, I, you, I you don't respect Bob Cousy, but he did what he did in his time. But Roger Staubach and Bob Cousy are two totally different. On the same level, on like, the same Stavak, level. They're about, they're, 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 about the same, they're about the same niggas. They're about Stavak the same. Stavak was actually winning. Cousy, he won it too. What did Cousy do? What did Cousy, Cousy do? Cousy was winning. I, no, I, no. I don't have to think you of Adelaide. This thing had a championship. He was winning with all Bill. What you think he was winning with Bill? Yeah, he was a side character. He was a he was a side character. Starbuck was actually at the <laughs> forefront of this shit. But either way, it, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, you got to have some OGs up there. But I, I do understand how the, like, that's where it gets tricky. And Stephen A made a point about this. I totally disagree with it. But he was talking about how he'll never put LeBron above Jordan because of what Jordan had to go through when it came to, you know, how physical the game was, how non-ticky-tack the game was. And granted, he's not holding that on the accountability of the players. That's the referees and the league's fault for softening the game up the way it is. But if you keep that mindset, you're basically saying nobody of any newer generation will ever be better than the older generation, which is always the tricky part of these debates and which is why it'll be never ending because we could say LeBron all day, but people will, from like the 80s and 90s and 70s will be like, oh, the league's so soft now, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, bro, it's more skilled than it's ever been. Same thing with football. We're getting a lot faster players. We're, we're getting players who are still just as strong. Granted, they get hurt more, ironically. But the, the game has evolved so much to where it hurts the players, but it helps the players at the same time. So... I don't know. I think that's what makes it such a tricky debate because you have to merge the new and old school, even though there are so many different it's factors do, and why they're great. And that's why it's, it's tough to bring up those conversations, especially when you talk about those conversations like the Coolsies or you compare like the 50s to the 70s to the 80s to the yeah. 90s and to this era because everybody had to go through something different when it comes to the rules, the teams they had to go through. That's why it's so weird. We still do it because like we're, we're humans, bro. we just born to debate shit. So we're going to debate anything. Yeah. But I feel like we can never truly have an answer to who is better because we'll never see these two go up against each other in the same area, which is always going to be weird. And moving on to the next topic I have for the Super Bowl is where does Jalen Hurts rank among quarterbacks in the league? I heard some hot takes after the Super Bowl saying, you might have to put that one top three out the borough in my homes. You know what I'm saying? It was some other takes right now, but that thing nah. himself for sure not. He moved ab above a lot of names because a lot of people were taking him for granted throughout this most of this season. Everybody was like, oh, anybody can play quarterback for the Eagles, this, that, and the third. But what we seen him doing that Super Bowl against Patty? Well, that that, that that knocks you up a few notches. Especially what we can see we seen him do with his feet as well. I don't know. Where where would you say he ranks among Creek uh, QBs in the league? Uh he's top ten for sure. Um I would have now we're in the top ten. Easily top ten. You got to get nitty gritty though. No, he he's not top five then. No, he's top ten. He's not top five to me. Who was your five then? Uh, what's call it? Not in any order right now. Just naming them. Uh, Burrow, Mahomes, 
uh, what's call it? Um, you better not say I got Robert. Herbert. Come I got on. Herbert. Hell no, bro. You crazy? Uh, I thought Trevor Lawrence. Whoa, Josh Allen. Yo. What? You got Trevor Lawrence. No way, bro. It's no way yeah. you truly believe that, bro. See, after yes. this podcast, you're going to apologize and say, nah, I made a mistake. How? What are you, you talking about? There's no way you would truly He's believe that Hurst is not better than Lawrence, bro. No. Hurst is better than Lawrence. I'm going to tell you this. It's put, Mahomes. Put Lawrence, it's, put Lawrence on the you Eagles. Got Josh, He's Josh one of the Josh same Allen things that Josh Allen is still better than him. Uh, I had too many names about that name. It's tough. I will probably give you a Herbert. Just off the talent shit, I'll probably give you Herbert. But at the at that five, who we say like Lamar, like we get to that five, we get pretty nitty gritty. If you switch teams for Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts, is Hurts doing on the Jaguars what Trevor Lawrence did this year? Cause I know for a fact Trevor Lawrence getting to the Super Bowl with that damn Eagles roster. I don't know about it. That's why I say I got Lawrence. No, I'm talking about, up I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is getting to the Super Bowl in his draft. Oh hell yeah, easily. I ain't worried about it. Is he doing it. what he did in the Super Bowl? Trevor Lawrence ain't doing what it's in the Super Bowl. You got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and got Trevor Lawrence yes, not doing Trevor this Lawrence in the Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence is eating with that. Trevor Lawrence Trevor is not doing Trevor that Trevor in the Lawrence Super Bowl, just, bro. He just willed the Jaguars to the damn playoffs. Granted, they got the ass when they played a tough team. You ain't better than Hurts. What he can do with Hurt, his legs and what his I don't know, bro. Come on, Put Hurts on that Jaguars team. I don't know if they're making the playoffs. I like Hurts. I like Hurts a lot. He top 10, but he ain't top 5 right now. He had a great performance. He had Come a great on, performance in the Super nigga, Bowl, I but he's not nigga, top five. He's French top five. I, I got to say he's French. I'm fine. If you got him at six, I'm cool with that. He's just not in my top five, which is why I said top ten. Because I'm trying to think, who is really at five, bro? Oh, I guess you're right. You'll probably be at five. Because I would but probably hey. have Hurts. Um, I would have Hurts at six. I would have Lamar at seven. I would have A-Rod at um, eight. And then 9 to 10, that's that's up for debate at that point. Whoever yeah, you want to put it 9 to 10. Yeah. Damn. Anybody friends, anybody friends, top five. How long be bad if you say top five? Top three is kind of crazy, though. But That's why I said he ain't top three, bro. He top not three, top yeah, three. Yeah, top three. Top three is definitely. When, when I think top three, I damn near group those three together. So Mahomes and Burrow, Hurts ain't doing what Mahomes and Burrow are doing right now. As great as he's playing. So I I don't know. I got them six. If I had to give a, a straight up number, I'll list five quarterbacks. That's Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert. And then you would have um what you call it? Jalen Hurts right there at six. That shit tough. And uh something else I want to say before we move on from the Super Bowl talk. So I'm hearing a lot of Eagles fans saying we go. Right back to the Super Bowl. Oh man, this all this we didn't get it this year, but oh, we're gonna be back in the years come this, that, the third. I'm gonna let you know right now that shit ain't that easy, Eagles fans. And this is coming from a nigga who was a Carolina Panthers fan in 2015. You know what I'm saying? Who's seen and had the same thought process y'all of like, oh, Cam's still in here, we defenses y'all, we gonna be back in this, that, the third. It ain't that easy. I can see some you how the team that you have in place right now. It's stacked, bro. But everything when you talk about injuries, when you talk about players leaving their free agency, I mean key players. Everybody wants to get paid after the Super Bowl. Shit just doesn't stay the same. I'm hearing that Jalen Hurts is gonna command a fifty million dollar contract in the next year. So it's not going to be the same and not gonna be as easy of a road to get to a Super Bowl again. You guys are young and you guys are talented. 
But the thought process of we're going to be back, like you guys have Mahomes on your team, is a ridiculous thought process. I know it's just confidence from the team, but it's just not that easy to get your team back in this position. My mom's ended up breaking up a good point of like, who do you really have to go through in the NFC? With so many people leaving, like Grady left the bus, so you don't really got to worry about nobody. The Rams is down right now. She's like, the Eagles going to be at the top of the, the pool, Chad, and nobody's going to be there to knock them off. Trust me. They're going to have some competition next year and going to have a way better schedule with way more competition. I'm telling you, it's going to be a way harder role for them next year and in the years to come after this Super Bowl run. It's not going to be, oh, we're going to get back there next year. Or we're going to get back there in a couple of years. That's usually, it never goes like that unless you have Patrick Mahomes on your team with Tom Brady on your team. And their offensive and defensive coordinators are now both gone. They are both now head coaches. So now, um, what you call it, Nick Sirianni has to go through a hiring process of getting a new offensive and defensive coordinator that the offense and Herps will have to get used to and the defense will have to get used to coming up with new schemes, even if they stick with um, what they did with Sirianni uh, and the, the previous coaches, it's still going to be new people, you know, in that coaching room. So we don't know what to expect on top of what Quincy said with injuries, people wanting more money. I don't think it's that many players on the Eagles roster right now that are um, up for contracts right now. So outside uh-huh. of Jalen Hurts, I don't think you have to worry about anybody money-wise, but, you know, it, it, it's still to be seen at this point. But I, I agree with Quincy. It's not going to be that easy. My Bucks. We damn near did it if because if we would have beat the Rams, we would have had a pretty good chance. But um, after that said, Super Bowl run, we lost Brady, to the Rams. Bro. Unless you have Brady or Mahomes on your team, bro, it's not easy to get back yeah. there, bro. Because it's usually a Super Bowl hangover that year after that. So it's mm-hmm. like it's a struggle that year. Everybody gonna be talking down on you. Now you guys are gonna act like you guys are the underdogs. Just at the third, it usually never happens the year after. And then you got to worry about the 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 next year after that. So it's like. I definitely don't think it happens next year, maybe the year after, but it's just not easy, bro. Like I said, I Brady see the shit. Brady and the Patriots—they the last. Um, Brady and the Patriots, like in them, I think it was like 08, 09 or something like that. That was like the last team to repeat Super Bowls. Like it hasn't happened since then. So, it's on my nigga. Y'all gonna see. All right, and moving on to the NBA topics and the NBA trade deadline, boy. This is my head of a trade deadline. This is the best trade deadline of all time. We already talked about Calgary going to the Mavericks last week. But, man, when you talk about a blockbuster trade, we got and the I was talking to y'all tra- about this. Yeah, I was telling sir. y'all about it. I was telling Quincy, I'm like, bro, there's no blockbuster trades. Kyrie wasn't a blockbuster trade to me. I'm talking about a trade that make you wake up out your sleep and go, what the hell just happened? This, this trade literally knocked my socks off. And you already do not know. It is Kevin Durant going to the Suns for Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and four first-round picks. This this trade knocked my socks off, bro. I don't even know what to say. This trade came <laughs> in the middle of the night at 1 a.m. I didn't know how to react. But, boy, this is one hell of a, a big four, honestly, in Phoenix right now. It's looking scary for the rest of the Western Conference. Everybody made moves. The Warriors made moves. The Lakers made moves. The Mavericks made moves. But it's like, you just added KD to a team that was the number one seed. Bro, like, they, they still have but They still got Chris Paul. And the fact that they were able to keep DeAndre Ayton, they didn't have to give him up in a trade for Kevin Durant, is nuts. You can talk all that bullshit about depth. Oh, they don't got enough depth. They ain't got nobody come up there, bitch. You, you have Kevin KD. Durant. 
You got Jamie. <laughs> you got, got I don't know about it, none of it. You have Devin Durant and Devin Booker. That shit is going to work. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. So, well, like, what's your, what was your biggest reaction, and how did they stack against the rest of the rest of the comp? Uh, my biggest takeaway from this was, well, first, it's funny how Katie always trying to go, you know, to number one seeds and whatnot. <laughs> my nigga, you're but, wondering um, what you got to do. But all, all jokes aside, um, championship caliber team for sure. Uh, the question I keep seeing people ask is, is this championship or a bust? Or do we give them a year to get this together? And I am under the impression of, nope, we do not do that with great players. We do yeah. not do that with so-called legendary players. The moment you make a move like this, oh, you're making a statement that you're trying to win this year. You don't make a move like this in the middle of the season saying, you know, hey, well, we'll see what happens. Like, no, you have a mission that you're trying to accomplish if you're the Suns and if you're KD. So I look at it as championship or bust. They have no excuse to not win it this year. I'm looking at KD kind of crazy if he don't get a chip this year, honestly, especially after getting your ass clamped by Jason Tatum in the East. So going to the West, which is a little bit more um, difficult. On the West stat. So, yeah. And, and and this is the thing, because I see a lot of people trying to give them passes, bro. I'm like, oh, if they get to the conference or if they get to the NBA Finals and they don't win, it's fine. Oh, no. Nah. No, they need to win. That's yeah. Because you got to remember, just a couple of years ago, they were in the Finals without Kevin Durant. So you had Kevin Durant to that Finals team, basically. Yeah, and you got rid of the role players, whatever. You get Kevin Durant to replace those role players. You have no excuse, bro. There is no excuse I can literally come up with to say why you chaos can't win. Because you look at the West of the rest of the conference. Everybody else in the Western Conference has a big twos, but nobody in the Western Conference has big threes. They go to the, the Nuggets, Jokic, Murph. That's it. You move on the to Mavs. the uh, the Mavs, Kyrie, Luke. Move on to the Kings. You got Sabonis, Fox. Move on to the uh the uh the Grizzlies, you got John, John the Pitbull. You can say John, Jared Jackson. If you <laughs> John. Like if, but you, you honestly could just go down the the Lakers, AD, AD and uh, LeBron. Like everybody has big twos, bro, but nobody has a big three. And now you guys have a big four. Like you have no excuse. You got to beat Boston and the Giannis boys too. Y'all got to knock them niggas off because you guys clearly have the most talent, most of the best starting lineup. I probably ever seen books, book CP and fucking eight. That's ridiculous. I'm I'm mad he went to Phoenix because I don't even like Chris Paul punk ass. But he about to get Chris Paul a ring. He's about to get Chris Paul a hey, ring. If KD can't get Chris Paul a ring, I don't know what I don't know what to say, bro. <laughs> I don't know what this. But... Bro, he's about to get Chris Paul a ring. I hate this nigga, and he about to get him a ring. This shit is ridiculous, bro. Hey, now, but let's... another thing, another thing I thought about. This goes back to my Kawhi Leonard point, bro. Is Kawhi Leonard ever going to get another ring? I feel like we don't talk about Kawhi Leonard at the fuck all anymore, bro. He does. He gets a pass and he flies under the radar so much. That man went to the Clippers a few years ago. We ain't heard nothing about the Clippers (laughs) other than what to expect this upcoming season because it's always the same. They fold or they injured and not playing. So when are we going to start criticizing Kawhi Leonard the way we criticize other great players like Giannis, Braun, KD, you know, Joel Embiid or whatever, whoever the other players may be. I feel like we let Kawhi skate a lot. So if Kawhi and PG and the Clippers as a whole are healthy, I picked them to get to the conference championship. So I'm still looking at them like that, like, hey, 
y'all better do something. Kawhi, oh, they say you ain't scared of Brian. Why, you should be scared of KD either. So I, I'm looking at Kawhi and the Clippers. Y'all don't get to get off the hook. This, this whole distraction of KD being in Phoenix, this don't take away from that L.A. team, bro. It don't. And the thing about the Clippers, they also made a couple of strewn moves in the uh the trade. Yeah. I think they ended up trading for Mason Plumlee. They got Spose And that boy Kennard to the Grizzlies. Kennard yes, to the Grizzlies. They said that, that boy Joplin had that nigga with, a, with an AK yeah. by next weekend. And uh, <laughs> boy, they got they got Plumlee. They got... Uh, they got Eric Gordon, which is a huge pickup to me, and they got Bones Holland. The Clippers got some huge pickups, but when you see fucking KD going to the 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 Sun, it's it's not much to say. It's like yeah, we can talk about the competition, we can talk about the Warriors, we can talk about the Warriors and how they won the championship last year, but KD just went to the Sun, bro. Like I don't know. And imagine if we see a Warriors versus Mavericks playoff series. That's what I really want to see. Now. I want to see Luka because. Debo Dodgers was pucking them niggas last year. So now you come back with some reinforcement at KD. But now you got some reinforcement with Curry. So now you think it's going back and forth. Who's going to really get that shit from you? I feel like that's going to... Ooh, should I say that? Should I say Debo Dodgers is that biggest threat? I got to see the boy get the... I got to see the boy get the Debo Dodgers. He punked punk the fuck out of the Suns last year, bro. He did. He did. So he even did. though y'all got KD... Did. It's like Luca got y'all number, bro. He pumped y'all. He do. I, I gotta see y'all go against the map. The Warriors all are y'all definitely <laughs> exactly snap that shit off, and then roar off with the bike squeaking and all that shit. You run to your mama and shit. Come on, man. This, uh, that's the that's the matchup I want to see, and obviously the Warriors are gonna be. But let's flip it to the other side of the coin. Within then why did the Nets make this move? Because obviously they ended up. That's that's what I really want to go in to dive into because. Obviously, think about where the Nets sat a couple of years ago. They make the trade for Harden. You have one of the best big threes we've ever seen with Harden, Katie, Kyrie. We just labeled it an instant championship. That obviously everything transpires over the last two years, whether it was COVID, injuries, whatever you may say about that that team, it just didn't transpire into anything. And then within two years, they have nothing. They have nothing. For KD, Kyrie, and Harden, who have no rings, you could, I don't even think that hole that they got back from the Suns was that good. You could have gotten more. You they just got, got drafted. They just got drafted. <laughs> they got Bridges. Bridges is good. Defensive player of the year last year. But you got kept. You could have gotten eight in at least. You didn't even ask for eight. You it's got a it's... really good role player and draft picks for the future. That's, That's all what you got. I'm saying. For Kevin Durant, you got a very high level role player. Two very high level role players and pick. Like, I don't understand how that, that, that adds up to Kevin Durant to me, bro, if you're not going to add an eight into that. I feel like they were just trying to be right by Kevin Durant because they understand that KD had to put up with the Harden bullshit. He had to put up with the Kyrie bullshit. We're going to send you wherever you want, KD. Tell us where you want to go, and we're going to send you to that destination. We ain't even going to ask for that one because that's truly how it felt like. The Nets got fleeced. I don't care how many picks they got for this shit. They got switched. That they shit is got ridiculous. Tip, like, it it that shit is crazy, It didn't bro. work in their favor, bro. This was... First off, the big three that they had with KD, Kyrie, and Harden, that has to be the most disappointing move in NBA history, bro. Like, looking back on all of this now, with hindsight being 2020, this was the most disappointing era of a team that we've seen. Because you get three juggernaut scorers 
on the same team, no conference championships to to show for it, no finals appearances. Like it, it's, I don't know, bro. I don't know. And, and you're getting clamped and locked down in the series that you lose. So it's like I, I don't get it, bro. I don't understand. Um, Joe Sy and the rest of the front office for the Nets. It, it's just it's asinine, bro. I, there's no other way to say it. The Nets are they're, they're about to be a they're poverty six. They're the Knicks of the NBA now. They're, they're the you Knicks always call them the Knicks, but no, it's really the Nets or the Clown Show. The Knicks have been showing improvement. Exactly, so. the Nets or the Clown Show. You were handed a championship and you fumbled. Like that's basically what we see. We see you think it's fumble a championship right before our eyes. Whether it was Kyrie fucking some shit up or whether you was fucking some shit up with Kyrie, whether Harden was throwing some bullshit in, it was nothing but bullshit for the past two years with this net organization, and we get nothing. And all you get is some role players and picks for high-level top 20 players in the NBA? That's crazy, dog. I just can't believe it. But this goes to show. This goes to show, bro. People make it sound like we're in this era of super teams and all that, and people love seeing Braun ruin the league with all this super team stuff. We see it ain't working for nobody else. This is the only man that this shit is working for, that he can go to any team he wants to and get a chip. So all of this talk about Braun ruining the league with super teams, blah, 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 it ain't like we got all these great-ass teams. Can he ruin teams. that shit more than uh, LeBron? That shit crazy. Because at hey, least with Braun, he win it. At least he win wherever he go. And he like, hey, bro, we're going to get at least fact, one. I may Katie, promise y'all multiple, but I'm getting at least one. And if it's the fact that KD is being traded to most of these places. You know what I'm saying? He's not just leaving the bridge. So he's getting traded to the Suns mid-season. I think he did he get traded or did he sign with the, uh, the Warriors? I don't know. He signed with the Warriors. He did sign not. with the Warriors. He definitely did sign with the Warriors. But it's just the fact that he don't bounce around up. You already had a nice-ass team. with You had a big three of OKC. But even with his big... trades, like, these are trades that he has a say in. Like, That's it's not sure. like the team is just trading. Like, these are voluntary trades of, like, hey, I want to be traded. He makes the statement and gets out there to the press. You know, it's not like he's just getting traded and he's finding out, like, what the hell just happened, you know? So even though these are trades that have happened in most of his situations, they are by his own request. So... That shit is crazy. KD gonna win. It's crazy because I got tickets for their first game. I'm gonna be at Phoenix next week. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be at KD first home game. That shit finna be lit, my boy. Damn. That shit definitely finna be lit. Definitely finna be lit. But let's move forward to some other big things that happened on this NBA trade deadline. Who do we end up getting? We obviously had uh, Russ ended up getting traded to the Jazz. Pat Beverly went to the Magic in that uh, Mo Bamba trade. It was a yep. lot of more so role player type deals after oh, that. Oh, uh, the deep bay to the Hawks. The deep bay to the Do- James Wiseman. The Warriors ended up giving up on him and trading him to the Pistons. We already talked about Bikel Bridges going to the Nets. Josh Hart going to the New York Knicks is yep. one underrated move that's not going to be talked about as much. But that's probably the the most key trade for this season for the Eastern Conference, bro. Because Man. have you seen the Knicks since he's been on this team? I mean, nah, I ain't they're, not, watch some of they're him, no. not letting up anything in terms of points since Hart has gotten to the New York Knicks. He's a strong defender. He hasn't really shot the three ball at a high level this season, but can knock the three ball down. So now you got a lot of high level defenders around Jalen Brunson. You got Rob's high level defender. 
RJ Barrett can play high level defense, but dude, sometimes he don't feel like. And then you got Josh Hart, three good perimeter defenders to go around Julius Randle and uh, and Brunson. And then you got Mitchell Robinson when healthy, who's who's packing the paint and loading up the middle. That's a good ass team in the Eastern Conference. Are you making noise? I I I didn't believe at the beginning of the year that the Knicks could make noise. I think uh, the Knicks get it to the second round, bro. Oh, oh yeah, second round for sure. I, I thought Brunson you mean like can, a threat to the conference championship. I mean, currently they are sixth in the Eastern. No, they're seventh in the Eastern Conference, but I think they're going to be sixth by the night because I think the Heat are losing and the Knicks are winning. So I think they're going to end up flat, flipping spots with the Heat and they'll be sixth. So they would be, they would play the Sixers if the playoffs were to start today. So would you believe that this Knicks team, as currently constructed, can they take down the Philadelphia 76ers if they were to play today? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I picked the Sixers as my favorite in the East to get to the finals this year. But the way the Knicks are playing, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that huge of an upset in the first round. Jalen Brunson is my most improved player pick. I picked that at the beginning of the season, and he's doing an incredible job making all-stars and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Hart is the catalyst that gets them over and could possibly upset a Philadelphia or whoever else they have a chance of playing in the first round. They got round. defenders, bro, and that's what nobody is really thinking about because everybody thinks about offense, 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 bro. But the fact that Jalen Brunson is playing such a high level on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I feel like every game I look at his stats, it's 25, 25, 30, 40. Yep. It's like it's high level every night from him and Julius Brunson. They've been going back and forth, and they're holding teams to under 100 most of the time. This Knicks team is good. It's not like that over-exceeding good like they were a couple of years ago. Like, no, they're legit good and can take down a real team in the first round. Like, I really believe in the Knicks that much, bro. The Knicks are scary, especially since that Josh Hart trade. Oh, um, another good trade. Uh, Gary Payton the second went back to the Warriors. I thought mm -hmm. that was huge. So that was big. The, the, the Warriors, especially speaking about the, the Western Conference, if they want to compete with the Suns, they got to start playing defense. Because yeah. currently, they haven't played any defense this year, bro. I Who mean, can't guard nothing. Nobody you know can guard saying? nothing on this damn team. I mean, Curry can't guard. I mean, he could be an average defender, but that's not much for you. I mean, they are not stopping anybody defensively. And you got to play Kevin Durant, Booker, and Chris Paul in the series. Come on. I don't play a defense. That shit finna be chop cheese through butter. Like that shit finna be easy <laughs> shit, my nigga. So I, I don't know, bro. I, obviously, I think the Warriors are a threat, but that's once again why I look at the Mavericks as the biggest threat to them because you have the the mental advantage over there from last year, punting the Suns from last year, and I think they have better defenders than the uh, the Warriors have at this moment. Yeah, they have Steph Curry, but the Mavs got the Debo Dodgers. Now they got Kyrie as a, a number two. But looking at this Western Conference and how it's so stacked right now, bro, just the, let's go through the, the top 12 teams in the, the Western Conference. You got the Nuggets at first. You got the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, the Clippers at five, Mavericks, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Warriors, Jazz, Trailblazers, Thunder, and then the Lakers are sitting way back 13th. Obviously, they still have a chance to make the play-in, but... Honestly, it's starting to get a little late in the season. They need to start making a push right now. But uh -huh. these teams, are, the first eight teams I've said, all can literally, like I talked about before, can make a push for a championship, bro. But like I said, since this Kevin Durant trade, bro, that shit kind of got pushed to the wind. 
it all had a chance until KD came in. It's like, damn, this <laughs> this was honestly starting to feel like I was starting to believe in it. Thanks for it. I'm like, damn, this might be the year. Murray is back in the playoff four. Wendy Dan, Yogi is playing at a high level. I'm like, this might be the nuggish year. KD come, knock all that hope to the side. <laughs> Y'all ain't need them niggas. It's like, Devo Dodgers is the only nigga I can really see knocking them niggas off. That's it. That's it. The Western Conference is stacked, but nobody compares with the Suns, bro. That's literally how it is. It's crazy. That shit is really great. And uh, anything else you want to dive into with the NBA trade deadline? Uh, NBA trades. Nah, that's it, really. Yeah. And uh, also, once again, I want to uh, I want to move back to the Lakers. The Lakers have made some more screw moves come uh the NBA trade deadline. Even though they're currently sitting at uh thirteenth, Rob Pelinka has to be one of the best GMs in the yeah. The fact that he be turning some men into some good ass players be crazy to me. The fact <laughs> that he turned Russ into Russell Vanderbilt and Beasley, then he ended up flipping Pat Beverly for Mo Bamba, a good backup center. That man be making strong moves. I know he's heavily criticized because he got Le- Le GM over his shoulder. But that nigga <laughs> Belinka be making some strong moves. So definitely want to give him a shot. <laughs> and um, oh, also before we can move off the uh, NBA trade deadline, want to give flowers to Anthony Edwards for what he's been doing with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't think y'all been paying attention. Because if y'all been paying attention, y'all would have been giving him way more attention than what he's getting right now. The fact that Cat has been out since November. And Anthony Edwards has been holding the fort for this team. This team is currently sitting at seventh in the Western Conference. It's crazy to me. Him and him and Gobert been rocking out since November, and they've been looking like a better team without time. Obviously, Child Child is a good talent, one of the best centers in the league, but that's how good Anthony Edwards has been playing in the stretch that car Anthony Towns has been playing. I'm glad he got his uh, all-star nod because of the replacements or shit like that. But I just th- I thought he deserved to be an all-star from the jump. I said oh, yeah. that a couple of weeks ago. And I'm glad that he got the replacement nod because what he's been doing recently, bro, is something that it deserves attention. Because it's it's nuts what he's doing carrying this team. It really is crazy. So definitely shout out to Anthony Edwards. And we had a couple of trade, not trade, but had a couple of NBA all-star replacements. It wasn't just Anthony Edwards. We also had De'Aaron Fox, and we also had Pascal Siakam for the Eastern Conference. Oh, they yeah. are now all-star replacements for uh, the NBA All-Star Game. And I'm hearing that it could be one more, too. It could be one more for the Eastern Conference since Jana Brown won't be playing either. So definitely shout-out to all them guys for making it. And let's move on into All-Star Weekend. And All-Star Weekend really done creeped up on it. Bro. I'm surprised it's All-Star Weekend. It's going to be in Utah this year? Yep, like, Salt Utah Lake this City. Year? Yeah, it's Salt Lake City this year. I mean, me and Egg were talking about it before. Like, I don't know who is in this duck, duck hunt. Other than Mac McClung, man, that, that shit is looking kind of sketchy. I don't know who is in this. I was, was going to say you want me to go through the names? Yeah, yeah go ahead, bro. Uh, so we got uh, Matt McClung, like Quincy said, from the Blue Coats coming out of the G League. We got Jericho Sims from the New York Knicks. We got Trey Murphy III from the New Orleans Pelicans. And we got Kenya Martin Jr. from the Houston Rockets. Those are your four dunk contest participants. That's probably who I'm going to pick to win. I probably would pick, damn, McClung is in it. I probably would pick uh, Kenya Martin Jr. to win uh-huh. it because I've seen him bounce and I've seen him be, be creative with it as well. 
I think McClung will get a lot of love because he's more so small and he can do what he can do. And he's from the G League, so it's like we get something different with that. Exactly, exactly. But I think KJ Martin is going to end up winning this dunk contest. It's a lot of unknowns. You probably don't even know who KJ Martin is if you listen to this podcast. You don't know and not too tapped into the NBA. I think he wins. I agree. I think it's going to be between McClung and uh, Kenyon Martin. So those are the only two people I'm excited because to see for real. Trey Burke so. is a shooter. Like, I've never yeah. seen him dunk a basketball, like, ever. So that's why it's crazy that I see him in a dunk contest. Megan, he shows me something, but I know him more for being a shooter than, like, a dunker. And then Jericho Simmons is get, so I hope we get something original um, and not so original that we know you ain't going to make it. Like so, because who did that damn um airplane dunk? Oh, that a few was John years ago? Collins. Yeah, that was oh John my Collins. God, please yeah. don't do that stupid like that. He didn't even try to jump over the plane for real. He put the tail end of the plane all the way in front of the basket. I remember to that. where he could. He knew he could jump over. It's like, come on, bro. Like it, do something creative and something fun. But do something that we know you do have a chance of making. We don't want to, because by the time you on your third attempt, we already snoozing at that point. So, no, nah, for real, for real, for real. So, the dunk contest is going to be intriguing this year. I don't know who really going to win it, but hopefully it's just entertaining. That's that's more so why I'm whooping for for the dunk contest. Just please be entertained. I don't know them. Yeah. And uh, you got the uh, three point contest up. Who's going to win the three point contest? So the contestants for the three-point contest are Tyrese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers, Tyler Hero from the Miami Heat, Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers, Kevin Herter from the Sacramento Kings, Damian Lillard from the Blazers, Laurie Markinen from the Utah Jazz, Anthony Simmons from the uh, Portland Trail Blazers, and Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. I got Buddy making it. I mean, uh, winning it. Buddy Hill winning that shit. I actually got Kevin Herter winning this one, bro. I got Kevin Herter winning. I think this is one of his best three-point shooting seasons. And I feel like he'll be good in a, a, a in a what do you call it, three-point shoot contest type of competition. I feel like he'll be good. He'll be surprisingly like, damn. It, he, he's ready for these type of bright lights. You feel what I'm saying? Because I think, I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to the three-point contest. Everybody can shoot, but can you yeah. shoot in front of these bright of lights when everybody's watching? It's not like the same as you on the court with your teammates or whatever. Like, all the attention is on you now. It's going to be either Buddy Heald or Damian Lillard. They're the only two people that's going to walk away with this. Dame going to go crazy. It's funny that Simmons is in it, because I think Simmons might be a better shooter than Dame. So, but I'm still rocking with her, though. I like that Heroes, and I think Heroes been shooting the ball pretty, damn, pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely giving it to the other way. <laughs> to the but, other uh, way, <laughs> yes, sir. Because somebody, somebody made me think about it recently by Hero. Bro. They say Hero is the best white player who's from America in the NBA, and I was like, damn, no, Hero is not the best. Because obviously, you think of Dodgers when you think of like best white player in the league, but obviously he's European. When you think of like American white player, Tyler Hero is the best American white. Like, uh, somebody told me that. I, was I like, never would have thought of that. I never think of <laughs> shit like that. But someone was like, yeah, he's the best white player. And that's why Tyler Hero was so popular, like, among NBA fans, because for American white people looking at NBA, like, that's your idol, really. Like, Tyler Hero is your idol. So that shit is just, it made me think, like, damn. That's why he has the popularity that he has in the NBA. He's the best American white player in the league. Never would have thought. Cause it was it was Kevin Love for a long period of time. Remember Kevin Love was yeah, the best white dude. It was. I, Gordon Hayward had his couple of years, 
But since then, I haven't even been thinking about it like that. It really has been here. That shit crazy. But that was y'all. I guess that. You know what? I guess that's a title. <laughs> I, I guess that. That's a, I guess that's such a subsidiary title. Because it's not just a white boy. You got to put American on it just to really get that tag. To you. you know what I'm saying? But uh, moving on to something else that happened in the sports world, which is the New Mexico State basketball team I've and heard basketball about this. program was suspended for hazing this past weekend. And this was a crazy-ass situation that is going down at New Mexico State. So three players ended up being accused of assaulting one player and hazing him. And basically, uh, he was touched inappropriately. I think he, they said he was ended up being struck naked. They were smacking him on the butt. I think they even said they even touched his, uh, they scrolled him a little bit as well. So touched him completely inappropriately. And this wasn't, it wasn't only one occurrence that this, uh, one time that this happened. It was multiple occurrences that this happened. The man who ended up getting beat up, he uh, eventually ended up going to the campus police and saying like, hey, I've been assaulted. I want to report this. He at first didn't want to post criminal charges because he didn't want to put his teammates obviously behind bars, but he did end up telling campus police. But once campus police uh, ended up uh, reporting it, it started to go up throughout the whole entire school. And obviously the program obviously got knocked off because of it. Players started to transfer because they didn't like what was going on at the school because all of this was really happening behind closed doors. They didn't really let the names be known of the people who were accused of beating up and of the, the accuser, but they are keeping those hidden for now. But this situation is happening and they have suspended their program for this season. And it was just a whirlwind of information that happened over this past week for New Mexico State. And this isn't the only craziest information that happened to New Mexico State this year. It was another basketball player for them that ended up killing somebody at the University of New Mexico. Uh, I think he was, I think it was his self-defense. He ended up shooting him in self-defense, like after the New Mexico State and New Mexico game. He ended up shooting somebody in self-defense. And that was the first time we really heard about New Mexico State in the headlines. And then you add this to it, it's like, what the hell is going on in New Mexico and Albuquerque? But this bullshit just be happening. No schools is... It's going on happening like this, and we just see New Mexico State, all of these, all this bullshit happening right in front of our eyes. It's crazy. Yeah, I think suspending the program for this season is the right thing to do. Like you said, it's just too much crazy stuff going on on that campus with these um, sports programs. So I think they need to have a really um, intimate talk inside the organization with the coaches, the players, whatever players are still there, the the athletic director, the the president, like the everybody needs to be in the room discussing how to keep these situations from happening. Because I know a lot of times when we think of hazing, we think of fraternities and sororities and whatnot. But these sports um programs and even band programs, like any program that you get into a lot of times has these type of situations. And it, it's just it's a situation where you don't want to tell because you're trying to be a part of what you're in. But at the same time, you have to look out for yourself as well. So I'm glad the player did go on to the authorities about this because it's like you, if you feel unsafe, if you feel like you've been assaulted and all that, and all you're trying to do is hoop, like I, I don't blame you, bro, for doing that. And this goes into the whole thing of, you know, the snitching stuff that we always talk about. Like, I don't consider this snitching. 
I consider this a situation where brothers are trying to hoop and they're doing the um the legacy thing of you know hazing people. There's a difference between hazing and just paying your dues. Like how when freshmen get on a team in football in high school, it's like hey, freshmen got to get the water, freshmen got to straighten up the lockers and all that. It's like those are character building things. But when you go to the extent of like having your own initiation and all that type of stuff, like that's where shit can get out of whack. So I, I'm glad he did the right thing and went to the authorities. Yeah, man. This is just some crazy ass shit that happened. Cause like I said, this isn't the first time this happened. I didn't hear about the shooting that happened with the, the New Mexico State player earlier in the year. I didn't know all oh, this was happening behind closed doors. Like I said, uh, the coach was fired because of this. And if they said that the, the school is suspended for this year, but it could be longer. And this is something that hard, that's, it's pretty hard to bounce back from. Because when you got yeah. the reputation now, especially when a coach allows it to happen, even though even the, even though the coach might have not known that it was happening, it still went it went down on your watch. So now yep. people will not trust the program. People will not want to send their kids to this program when they see everything that is happening with it. So I'm not saying it is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the end for the New Mexico State basketball program. Good. These things don't go go away pretty quickly, bro. These things linger. Especially when people start well, to talk about to move around. I don't think it's the end. I just think you gotta put a bunch of new faces in there. Like you really? have to you have to do a clean sweep and put new faces in there to show that look, if this does happen again, it won't be because the same people are here. It'll be because hey, whoever we bring in at this point, that's on them for continuing to do the wrong thing. But you have to do the right thing as the athletic director, as the um dean of the school and whatnot of getting fresh faces, fresh faces, get a new coach, get new assistant coaches, do whatever you got to do to promise the parents of these students and future um, student athletes that, look, your children will be safe here coming to play for this school and attending this school. So I think mm -hmm. that's what they have to do. I don't think it's that serious to where they just got to get rid of the program, but you got to get new faces all through there. That shit crazy, bro. Because I remember it was something that went down at FIU, and I think it was some sort of hazing situation. And and I think mm -hmm. FIU isn't that that big on like Greek culture, especially like the Divine Nine. So I think it was something went down with the cues where it was a hazing situation. And hazing is something that is not accepted in this culture. No more. That shit is kind of like kept out, especially at like at the PWI level. And that shit happened. That they cut off the the Greeks completely. I think they're back after like three years, but I'm yeah. telling you, that shit lingers. It takes a while for you to get your good name back after something like that went down. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it can be that same type of thing in, in a New Mexico State. And moving on to Two Wild Wednesday. Got anything for Two Wild Wednesday? Uh, no, I don't have any polls, uh, but I do want to bring up, uh, I do want to get more into the USFL this year. This this ain't a poll at all, but um, the USFL starts April fifteenth. They haven't said when the draft is gonna be yet. Uh, I'm I'm assuming it'll be like the beginning of March or whatever. But April fifteenth through July second, that's when the USFL season will be. Twenty one players are currently on NFL rosters right now from last year's season. So this isn't like the XFL or whatever where we're just watching some has been players or whatever. These are players who are really still trying to get in the league. Shout out to Pearl Wells playing on the Philadelphia Stars. St. Pete 
hometown hero. He's playing again this season. Hopefully that can transfer him back into the NFL because he was on the Bengals roster before he was let go and, and um settled for the USFL. So I'm going to look um into these games a lot more this um upcoming season. Y'all will hear um, us talk about some of these games. The Birmingham Stallions were the best team last season, 9-1 record, won the whole thing. And the USFL has a lot more locations now. There, all the games aren't just being played in Birmingham. They're going to have a game in uh, Canton, Ohio, where the Hall of Fame is. They're going to have a game further out, out west, I want to say in the Vegas area or something like that. So they're doing a lot better at making it more nationwide and getting players to the next level to make people want to watch and say, damn, if NFL scouts are looking at these people, these must be legit players. So keep a lookout for the USFL this second season. And I would like to see the XFL become like a development league for the NFL. Yeah. I would like them to work in conjunction because currently they're, they're two separate things. They're obviously XFL wants to stand as it on its own because obviously it's the springtime type of thing. But I feel like it would be good if we had like a, like it's just a development league. I feel like all of these leagues have it. And talk about baseball, talk about basketball. I feel like the NFL needs something that can improve these players where they're just not out of the league and they have nothing to resort to. I feel like the XFL is becoming that, but I feel like they should really partner up so it can be like an official thing where the XFL can lead you back to the NFL if you put in the work. I feel like that could be something that can work down. Well, would that work if that's already what the USFL is doing? Like, can they have two leagues doing the same thing like that? Well, I guess because if you got the overtime league and you got the G League, I, I guess both could work. So, so what league were you talking? You talking about the USFL? Yeah, USFL is partnered with the NFL. That's why players have been getting picked up. You were talking about the XFL with the oh, Rock. Okay, okay, I, I missed them. I was talking. I meant the oh. USFL. <laughs> I oh, meant the okay, USFL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have a partnership with the NFL, but you're, oh, they do. Even, even though you were saying XFL, that is a good point, though, because The Rock being over the XFL now instead of the McMahon family, I'm interested to see what new things right, he's going to implement. Is that still going to be at the same time? That I don't know. That, that like, is are they, are they coming back in April? Like, I don't know I, when I, they're coming back. I didn't even think back. XFL was still a thing because I thought USL, USFL replaced them. Yeah, they, they said The Rock is still in the works with bringing back the XFL. So it is going to be weird because, like you said, it's like we already we had the NFL from September to February, and now we're going to have the USFL from April to July. We're getting football year-round at this point. So where the hell are you going to fit the XFL into all this to where we're not on football overload? I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's kind of interesting. But uh, moving on to social media wants to know, we got, could you survive in an arena and things that want to kill you? Yeah, so I got this from this tweet that I saw. It was a tweet that was screenshotted and put on Facebook. And the question says, uh, this is from Sahil Bloom. I don't, I have no idea who that is, but that's the person who tweeted it. Uh, they said, important thought experiment. You're in an arena, and here's the list of things you have to avoid. You're in an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, three brown bears, 15 wolves, a hunter with a rifle, seven buffaloes, 10,000 rats, five gorillas, and four lions. Pick two to defend you. The others attack you. The goal is to survive one hour. Which two are you picking to help you survive that one hour? 
I'm losing regardless, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I honestly give up. But uh, man, uh, what do I? What do you mean by pick two to defend me? Like, am I controlling these animals, or these niggas just get to do what they want? So somehow, some way, they're on your side. They'll know they're on your side. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> but they'll know. <laughs> because the ten thousand rats is interesting. Because of what I see with the Suicide Squad, I see that girl do so much damage with the rats. So it's like, am I controlling these rats? Are they like ravenous? Do these niggas like want to kill? Or are like, these I, niggas I, doing I, what they want to do? Whatever way you can have to help, have them help you. Don't think too defensive. Yeah, you think your way for me. I ain't niggas got that deep yet. I gotta go because gorillas and lions, my nigga like, this shit gotta tell me. You think you're way too deep. Oh, man. 50 this was hawks, tough. 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunter with a wife, 7 buffaloes, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas. I'm going to take the gorillas to defend. For sure. I'm, take the... I'm taking the gorillas. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the gorillas to defend. Uh, and honestly, I'm going to take the rats. Because I think the rats are going to annoy the fuck out of anything else that comes next to me. I think the rest is gonna annoy the fuck out of you that you're not even thinking about me for that hour. Them, them rats <laughs> gonna put it at work. You can be snatching all them shits, killing them one by one, but we're gonna have more coming, just like the suicide. Just have more coming <laughs> after that nigga. So I, I would pick the gorillas and the rats to distract the rest of these motherfuckers. So yeah. I'm going with the rats too, just because there's 10,000 of them. So I, I totally agree with Quincy. I'm going with the five gorillas because who the hell wants to fight gorillas? Yeah. Um, and 10,000 rats. <laughs> and it's funny because where would I be while they're fighting? It's still That's where the I'm question. In, I'm, I'm, it's still where I'm in this vicinity, like while these niggas is doing what they, it's, I'm not staying in a ring with them. And, and the question is so vague because it says you're <laughs> in an arena. Like, it doesn't say if you're in the center. It doesn't say if you're, like, walking around the arena. It just says you're in an arena with all these different things trying to kill you, and you get to pick two of these things to be on your side. So it could be however you want. I think the hunter with the rifle is going to get his ass smoked. Like, I don't care. That's I'm not what I'm saying, but where is, it, well, where is he at, though? Is he on the ground level, or is he, like, sniper level? Well, like, he, he got a work. rifle, so I'm sure he a sniper and sniping yeah. wherever he can. But you got to be, like, one by one. It's like, what kind of gun do you have? I guess, I guess if, you got a, if you got a rifle, you... Oh, you either reloading or you taking forever like to aim rifle. again. Yeah, not like an assault rifle. Like, you put up to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and I'm scared of the bears, man. I feel like the bears are the scariest thing that I will have. A, I mean, them lions going to be crazy, too, but... Damn, them bears, man. I've I've them. seen good bears and I've seen I've seen some crazy bears. Bears is just some people I do not want to see. I ain't worried about the buffalo. Um, the two things I am worried about the most are them damn lions and them wolves. Yeah, them lions gonna be crazy, bro. Unless <laughs> <laughs> I said that's why I got them gorillas because them gorillas are they can gorilla really match a lion though, or is lion really getting it? Because mm. lions have the weight advantage, though. Uh, damn. You know what Good I'm question. saying? Like that's kind of that's kind of tough. Lions got the weight advantage to really move you niggas out the way. But what's the name? They don't got the hands, though. Lions oh, don't got the they hands. Got the hand. They don't got those. got those. Yeah. Yeah, I thought saying, you don't got the thumb action either. They got opposable thumbs and everything. Shit. <laughs> uh, that's kind of tough, man. Gorillas versus lions. 
I think the rat is gonna do some damage though, bro. I, the I'm rat's gonna, gonna with, do damage. I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with the rat though. The rat definitely is definitely gonna cause damage. Ten thousand? Yeah, them is definitely gonna cause damage. Them fifty hawks ain't finna get. They ain't finna catch all them damn rats. I don't care. They ain't finna yeah. catch all of them. Ten thousand? Yeah, bro. Nah. Fifty. I was gonna pick fifty hawks because I'm like fifty hawks can really distract some shit too. Cause that's more so what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything to kill something else. Because I'm just looking to make it through this out, my nigga. Like, what can is defend me for an hour? What can defend me for an hour? So it's like, okay. So Hawks was kind of up there for me too, but I think I'll rob the Gorillas That's is crazy. whipping ass. I don't care. And it's funny because it's crazy how four crocodiles and alligators have slid down niggas' boards in terms of like yes. the amount of fear you have when going up against them. Because Crocodiles are still OD when you talk about, and you see a little crocodile in front of you, they'd be like, definitely run your ass away. But they're, they're not as high on the fear ladder as like the lions, gorillas, and even the, the bears no more. Like, it used to be a crocodile up there, the crocodile chasing your ass. I just got to get on the high ground. I'm in an arena. What the hell is a crocodile going to do? I could just go through some seats, and I'm good at that point. So Because you got to think, them crocodiles probably eating up them rats the whole way to you. So the crocodile nah. probably gonna do the most damage to your rat. They they gonna get fooled. Oh, crocodiles gonna get fooled. What the hell? That's true. It's only ten of them, and you got ten thousand rats. Them crocodiles are not gonna eat all the damn rats. If they do eat all the rats, they gonna be fooled. They ain't gonna be worried about me at that point. <laughs> that nigga was satisfied. Nigga was so, sitting so down, where, but it should don't be old. In a in a sense, the rats still did their job, even if they get. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like we really just need you to be a distraction. I'm not looking for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely not looking for you. Yeah, that's that's uh. interesting though, bro. That's definitely interesting because I, I would definitely feel like the popular answer would be a lion. But then lion is my was... favorite animal, but I gotta think smart, bro. I gotta think smart. It's called Lions Gorilla Sash. I think I think. But uh all right, man. Moving on to entertainment and current events. We had Rihanna's Super Bowl performance. Yeah, so outside of the game, most of us turned in for um that Riri special. You know, it's been what, six, seven years since we had any new music or tour, anything music related with Rihanna. And there were a lot of mixed reviews on this Super Bowl performance, bro. I saw a lot of people talking reckless on social media, saying we should have seen some guests pop out. Like, she should have had a better production of what she was doing and whatnot. People were saying just because she's pregnant, that don't mean she can't do better with her performance. She huffing and puffing while she's singing. And Damn. I, on the other hand, <laughs> I thought she did great. I Me thought too. we got a, an amazing performance for the fact that we haven't seen this lady do anything in years. Like, yes, she's going to be winded. I don't care how much practice says she did. Being pregnant on top of not performing in years, like, I think Rihanna did very well. And we got to get out of this mindset of just because you're pregnant, you have to do flawless at what you do. Beyonce performed pregnant and did flawless. Serena played pregnant and did flawless. That doesn't mean Rihanna has that to be flawless for what she's doing. Like, that's not normal. It's not normal to be doing athletic shit like that and be top tier at what you're doing. It's very normal for the fact that she was huffing and puffing while performing. But she did great. She played all her hits, or as many hits as she could, in 13 minutes. And I thought it was simple, bro. I didn't want to... I know we talked about, like, who could she bring out and whatnot. But I'm glad all we got was Rihanna. Rihanna, yeah. 
a microphone, and some dancers. That's all we needed. We ain't need nothing else. I thought it was perfect. I honestly would say the biggest distraction for me was them dance. Them dancing was getting off, man. They was yeah, crazy. My mom just kept, yeah, me and my mom just kept talking about that shit. First off, I noticed the pregnancy. When she first came out, I was like, damn, because my mom ended up saying she, she was like, damn, she's still fat from the last pregnancy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, she had that baby a minute ago. I was like, it's no way she fat from the last pregnancy. I'm like, no, she's pregnant again. I didn't even have my phone when I was watching the every, so I could, not the every, but the, the performance. I'm like, damn, I ain't checking Twitter or nothing. So the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, is she, I know, is that some, is that the old baby fat? I was tripping the whole time, but to see her pregnant, if she didn't tell nobody, and the fact that ASAP Rocky got another one hitting her, that nigga's the real MVP of the damn Super Bowl. Is that nigga, yeah. <laughs> got, that nigga got some chance rolling his way for sure, no matter how their relationship ends out. That nigga gonna be all right. But damn, that performance, that performance was good to me. I had no problem with it. I wasn't disappointed at all in what she did. Like, everybody had the, criti- the critiques when I got on Twitter, but I had no performance, I had no problems with the performance that she did. And I feel like that has to be an excuse that she would break it. She didn't go all out with this performance. She didn't give me all the energy for this performance, bro. She's clearly pregnant, and she didn't want to exert all that energy. And especially when it's your first time doing something while pregnant, it's kind of, it's, it's more so difficult. Because you brought up the Beyonce point. Like, Beyonce was, uh, did multiple performances while pregnant before, and I feel like she was more so ready when I, everybody seen her. I feel like nobody seen Rihanna before this. She really didn't have a big performance while pregnant until this day. So I feel like it was kind of a difference. Uh, Serena was practicing while pregnant, and we see her have her big game. Uh, Beyonce had multiple performances while pregnant, so obviously she was ready. But Rihanna really had this one moment. It wasn't multiple practices. It wasn't multiple performances to get ready for the Super Bowl. It was really like, you practices to get this shit ready? And it's like, nigga, we got to go to the big stage. Nigga, I got to do this spread in front of a million viewers, all this type of shit. She didn't have as many opportunities to practice and to get her wind up while pregnant. And I feel like that's something that nobody has taken to account where Beyonce and Serena were more so well conditioned because they were in front of people for a longer period of time and knew what to expect. Well, I think Rihanna didn't know what to expect when she got on that stage. I was debating with my brothers like the entire, because I, I we watched the Super Bowl at my parents' house, so my brothers were over there with us. And my brothers kept saying the whole time, she should have had this person come out, or when this song came on, she should have had this person come out. And I'm like, no, bro, I'm glad we just got Rihanna. Because I feel like if anybody else with just as big of a name as Rihanna would have came out or a bigger name than Rihanna, we would have forgot it was her performance. Not even going to lie to you. And my brothers was like, no, like, if anything, it will make us remember it more. I'm like, no, the, see, the fact that y'all are still asking why she ain't bring other people out is proving my point. Y'all aren't even satisfied with the fact that it's just her. Like, when Run This Town came on, they was like, see, she should have had Jay-Z come out. So, but I thought y'all liked the performance. Like, no, don't sit here and say who she should have had come out. Just appreciate the fact that she's performing. She, first off, we can't assume all these people like each other. They were saying she should have had Drake come out for work. She should have had Kanye come out for this, blah, blah, blah. Like, y'all are trying to have people come out that don't even like each other like that. <laughs> so it's the fact that y'all can't, y'all can't sit here and say she should have had all these people come out because it wouldn't have been the Rihanna Super Bowl halftime performance anymore. It just would have been the however many people performed it. But I think that's the thing about the Super Bowl. I feel like 
it, it became a custom to have people come out. So when we see nobody come out, it's like that. Like this might have been the first support that nobody came out for other worlds. I mean, it really not because when Prince did it. When Prince did it, it was just Prince. It wasn't nobody. But, but that was Prince. like that was year. That was like twenty years ago. I'm saying like, that? I'm talking about. I'm talking about like 2016, not 2016. Like, um, what was the he Prince did the Super Bowl within the last 15 years before he died, bro? Like, but I'm so. saying the last recently niggas have been bringing out, and it's been a custom. Like Beyonce even had people bring her out, and she had a performance where she brought people out. So it's like it's a custom for people to bring people out. That's why I wasn't mad at people assuming that she was going to do it, but it, I'm not see. mad that she did it. Let me see when Prince halftime show was. Damn, never mind. You was right. That shit was 2007. Why it feels so much sooner than that? That shit was a minute ago. I was about to say, I remember those Prince shit. It sounds so much more recent than that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, I don't even remember no Prince shit. Bro. Oh, wait. I'll... What's it? No, 2016. Hold on. He had to come out with somebody. There's no way it was just Prince out there. Or somebody brought him up. Because 2016 was Coldplay. What, wasn't that Coldplay and Beyonce and all them? What the hell? Super Bowl halftime show 2016. That was, that was Coldplay 2016. Total yeah, that was Coldplay. Damn, uh, man, what the hell? Prince might have been 2007, y'all. Damn. <laughs> it feels so much more recent than that. Damn. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we're just so used to having the uh, people getting brought out, especially last year after what we got last year. And we got that whole West Coast vibe that Dr. Dre did when he brought up everybody like the. But um, we knew they were cent. coming out, though. Like, we knew exactly. that was happening. But she was, she was basically surprised. She was uh, she was saying, like, in interviews beforehand that, yeah, I'm going to have this surprise guest that come out. I'm going to have a surprise guest. She ended up saying that basically that was her pregnancy that was a surprise guest. But she was trying to build up like the surprise guest type of thing. So people were anticipating somebody to come out. So I don't know. I'm not mad that she didn't do it, but I don't hate be mad at anybody for saying like, damn, why she didn't. Because that we're just growing so accustomed to it. So I think True. that's what more so people are upset about. And moving on to Brett Favre suing Pat McAfee and Shedden Sharp for defamation. Yeah, so according to CBS.com, CBSSports.com, excuse me, longtime NFL star Brett Favre has accused uh, of extensive wrongdoing by the Mississippi Department of Human Resources, now is suing Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp for defamation care of character due to the situation um, that he had over the past few months of the welfare scandal in Mississippi. And he's suing them. Uh, it's a $5 million grant from the Mississippi. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Sorry, one second, one second. Uh, Favre has also filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, claiming the initial accusations were made in an effort to downplay the department's own responsibility for misuse of nearly $100 million of public funds. So he's basically saying that this wasn't what you guys think it was. The misuse of the money was not my fault. And my character has been assassinated by Shannon Sharp, Pat McAfee and others. Pat McAfee has spoken out about this. Shannon Sharp has not. Uh, it's not said of how much he's suing them for, but he is taking them to court. Uh, there is Brett no Favre court date given yet. Money? He that wants more money. That nigga didn't steal enough. That nigga didn't steal enough to put a That nigga Brett Ford was a one money. That's shit crazy, man. It is crazy. It's funny crazy. how he says like it wasn't my fault that the 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 funds were mishandled. 
Nigga, we know it wasn't all you because you were in cahoots. Was it? Wasn't it the mayor or the governor of Mississippi? He was in cahoots. That's who he was uh doing the text messages with. I think it was like the governor or the mayor of Mississippi. It's like, bro, of course it wasn't just you. You're not behind closed doors, but you were in cahoots to get all of this shit circulated so it could end up facilitating in your direction so you can get the the um Southern Mississippi Stadium or whatever. So don't act like, oh, it's not just me. Oh, it's not my fault. <laughs> no, nigga, you knew full and wholeheartedly what was going on when you was uh was going back and forth with old boy about the text message, about what you wanted to do with those welfare. Come on, don't do that shit, Brett. We know you way better than that. And it's it's just funny because Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp, out of all people, like when there have been Ever, multiple yeah. people saying stuff. <laughs> but a lot of people got quiet about this Brett Favre thing because that's why yeah, a lot they of people were. on Twitter break up. They always talk about, oh, y'all talk about Kylie, but y'all never talk about Brett Favre and all, and he stole from Paul folks, da 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 da. Like nobody really talks about it. You talk, you look turning ESPN when this situation happened. Nobody, no headlines, nothing. Fox Sports, nothing. They never talked about this. It was really Jeff Pat McAfee, and I don't even know when Shannon talked about it. I, I didn't oh, see yeah, his Shannon, clips. Shannon went, Shannon went crazy on Brett. Shannon okay, went so in Shannon on talked Brett. about it, but not really <laughs> that many people talked about the Brett Forum situation other than this. So I guess he said, oh, you niggas going to step out of line? Oh, you niggas snap all I did to the NFL? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to go out to you niggas. Oh, but I got you niggas. I got them. You know, I stole from the poor folks. Imagine how much I'm going to steal. I'm going to get y'all niggas. I'm going to get you niggas. <laughs> I was feeling for people who ain't even had water, exactly. let alone. Y'all niggas actually got some water. I'm finna get you niggas. I'm finna get you niggas. <laughs> so yeah, Brad Bar, man, that nigga has so I don't know what else to say about this. That nigga crazy. Because <laughs> um, because I think um, McAfee, like you said, McAfee ended up responding to this. He said mm-hmm. he's gonna see him in court or whatever. I wonder if he would like counter suit or something. Would he can't counter someone in this type of situation? I have, I have no idea. That's a really. I don't good know how suing works really. I, I don't really know. So, uh, I don't no. know how suing works with like defamation stuff. So yeah, because defamation is pretty much one sided. Because it's not like Brett yeah. Favre was talking shit about Pat McAfee or anything like that. So it's really one sided. You're going to court to just defend your name type shit. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, moving on to the new Barney reboot. Don't know why this is happening, but uh, <laughs> bro, wasn't according- there a, a Barney movie supposed to be coming out with uh Daniel Kaluuya was supposed to be directing? It was supposed to be like a a dark. Barney rendition? I thought that was Winnie the Pooh. No, it was Winnie the Pooh and Barney. It was Barney was it was uh, Barney I, and Daniel Kaluuya. I don't remember no Barney one. I remember that Winnie the Pooh one though. Yeah, that Winnie the Pooh, that, that Winnie the Pooh image was crazy. <laughs> but no, it was a Barney. Barney. Barney Carnage. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, it came out in 2022. That said Daniel Kaluuya's heartbreaking live action Barney is still uh, early in the process. So yeah. I thought this was, I thought that's what this was, but apparently it's not. This oh, is like no. a re- animation type. Yeah, so according to IGN.com, uh, it says Mattel or Matt Mattel, however you pronounce uh, this toy company name, announced today that it's putting a new spin on the famous children's character with its comprehensive revitalization, including new movies, TV shows, and YouTube content, in addition to music, toys, and clothing. And if that wasn't enough, Barney's got a brand new look, which you can see um, in the upcoming posts and um, promos for it. Uh, they got it out already. This article was um, posted like a few days ago or whatever. Uh, but it says, uh, if you miss his old look, not to worry. 
Mattel says apparel and accessories for adult fans that features classic Barney are also in the works. The first of Barney's big new media projects will be a fresh animated series set to debut in 2024. It'll be targeted towards preschoolers and will feature the ubiquitous purple dinosaur and friends introducing new audiences to the world of Barney through music field adventures centered on love, community, and encouragement. I don't like this at all. I like the fact that Barney was in person all the time, every time, even in that weird Shannon Sharp looking ass costume. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I feel about Barney going into animation. I, I think it's just going to be another situation where kids are getting less and less opportunities to be face-to-face -face interactive. I think that's what was so cool about Sesame Street and um and Barney and other shows like that. There were actual kids on set, so you saw kids being active with each other in person, and now we're all just going to be looking. I mean, granted, kids were watching kids on TV, but at least you knew they were real kids hanging out with each other. Now we're just going to be watching fake kids with a fake dinosaur the whole time. I know, huh? That shit crazy, man. Uh, I don't know how I really feel about this shit. I ain't going to get mad over this shit because I'm, I'm really not mad about this shit. Right now. But I ain't we, mad we, about we it say, either. Because we talk about this shit all the time about these niggas just rebooting shit constantly, bro. So it's like, I can't be surprised, bro. It's been happening for the last like two, three, four, five years, bro. So I, I mean, I expect more of it to be happening. It's just crazy that Something that we hold so near and dear to our hearts is just destroying, I feel like, with, like, animation now. I don't know. It's weird, because I feel like it's not going to have the same effect of, like, the in classic barn. It's not going to have that same effect. So that's the that's only like thing. If they, that's like if they just stop Sesame Street and it's all on, um like, Hulu or YouTube or whatever. Like, you know how weird that would be to never have in-person Sesame Street ever again? That shit would be weird. And why can't we just rerun the fuck out of Barney? Barney taught exactly. you lessons that you can just rerun them shits for kids. And that exactly. you can put them on a streaming service and just show them shits to kids. Those shits will still have an effect on them to this day. We don't need an animation that can show them that. Even though it's the, the point is going to get that to the kids because they're going to watch regardless. I feel like just once again, going back to the point of having more effect, I think the live action just man more effect on a younger kid. So... It's weird, because are the kids going to be in animation, too, that are interacting with Barney? So. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. it's like, yeah, it, it's just weirder. It's just But, uh, yeah. But I'm more so interested in the, the film that they have coming out with Daniel Kaluuya, because it's supposed to be a dark spin on Barney. And yeah. I would like to see how they how they do that. Maybe. Well, no, this had to be in the works for a minute, this animation stuff. But I was going to say, maybe that's the reason why they're getting rid of the in-person Barney because they're taking this Barney um, like live action and they're like right. making it such a horror thing to where they don't want kids going in-person anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's why they're transitioning it over to animation. I don't know. I mean, that's me shooting in the dark, but I think it's possible. Mate. And moving on to quality control and his soul to Hype America. Yes, so Hype America has entered into an agreement merge and uh an agreement to merge and acquire quality control QC, the Atlanta-based entertainment company covering music from Little Baby, Little Yachty, City Girls, and Migos to sports film and television founded by CEO Pierre Thomas and Coach K. The deal was valued at $320 million in stock and cash and was led by Hype, 
Hive America CEO, Scooter Braun. So if you guys don't know who Scooter Braun is, he manages Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. He manages Quavo out of the Migos. And he has um a, he's basically the CEO of Hive America, which is an extension of the Hive brand, which um specializes in like Korean and uh Asian entertainment and music. And the company is valued at around like six point six billion dollars, I believe. Fair That's enough. their market cap. So this was a huge sell for QC, but a lot of black people were upset with this. And I'm I'm getting all this information from Variety.com. A lot of black people were upset with this because we feel like, damn, QC is one of those major black labels that we are proud is black owned. And now you guys sell it. And a lot of people have been calling P and Code sellouts about this situation and all that. And P came out and basically said, like, just because we're entering this next phase of business, it doesn't mean we're selling out. So I guess him saying that they must still have their hands tied in this some kind of way. I don't think they just full blown sold QC and then P and Coles don't have any dealings with QC anymore. I don't think that's yeah, what it bro. is. But but I am interested to see because Quincy was asking before we started recording, you know, does this affect like how the Migos and City Girls and them, how they get their masters and all of that? Because if you guys remember, Offset was having, you know, a little bit of a beef with Coach and P earlier last year about contract stuff and whatnot they tried to deny it but um it's interesting to see now it all come into play of like oh this so this what offset might have been upset about because he mm-hmm. would have already had a, a difficult time trying to get his masters anyway now he got to go through this third party company that he don't even know for real at least with p and coach it's like i know y'all y'all have known me in atlanta for years even before music but now i gotta go through scooter braun now i gotta go through all these you know, white, Asian, whatever executive people that I'm not used to talking to. So, yeah, this is this is this is interesting to me. But I I, I think this goes back to what we've been talking about with the Justin Bieber, the Timberlakes, the Futures, how selling your uh, how selling your music or selling your your label is becoming so popular, and I think it's becoming more profitable to these businesses and to these artists nowadays. I think 300 million. I don't think that business is worth 300 million. I, I don't think that QC was worth that but the fact that hive america was willing to pay them that is why they got out it, it was it feels like a deal that they could have repeated. that's why they sold i feel like they wouldn't have sold this company especially being black owned you have so many major artists under this label because is it little baby under this label as well yep little baby little baby little, like, baby, you know, little, baby, little yachty migos city yeah. girls yeah so you have nothing but like hot popular artists under your label so I feel like obviously that's going to continue to grow. So 300 million must be a number that they could have refused. Obviously, uh, Coach and P have some good people around it now telling them that this is a good to move on. And obviously they have a good relationship with Scooter Braun since Scooter Braun is the, the agent of Quavo. So you would assume that there's a good right. relationship there so they can still be involved with their right. artists and still have a good relationship with Hot America. So I think he can still work as a unit. It's just not going to be the label, that black old label of QC anymore. And that's why I'm a little upset. But this is life changing money of $300 million where they, I feel like they could have refused it. Yeah. And I, I think also, um, I don't know if this is official or not, but I think people have, have said over the last couple of years, Cardi is managed by QC. She's not a QC artist, but I believe um, she, she has like management from that label. So that's another big name artist that 
you know, fits under the QC umbrella. And even if she isn't managed by them, she's with Offset and they treat her like family anyway. So you have dealings with Cardi B, who is a huge mainstream artist. And then you got all these other big time artists under your label, like Quincy just said. I don't necessarily agree with them selling it because I do think it is important that they keep it as black as possible. But like Quincy said, this is life changing money. Like people ain't just offering 300 M's every day. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, but, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. I hope it's important. Um, I think it's important that they keep their hands in it as much as possible. Even if y'all don't solely own it anymore, y'all have to have y'all hands in it still as much as possible. Because the, the, um, the, what you call it, the goal, not the goal, but the mission and values of Hive America is to help the high brand become even more international. They're an international label highlighting the the different cultures and sounds of music and entertainment. And I think that's why they're trying to get QC, not trying, but I think that's why they have QC under their um, mass label now, because now it's not just Asian rap or Asian entertainment or whatever, or, or white entertainment, however you want to call it. Like they actually have hip hop now. So it goes in with their international brand of like, look, we're getting all these different cultures under this one label. So I, I understand the deal. I just I understand where black people can be upset of like, damn, bro, y'all was one of the few labels that was like really all the way black in y'all soul. So I, I understand. Uh -huh. But we got to get out of that mindset of like selling out being a bad thing. When that type of money is in your face, because we said the same thing with all of those artists before. We said it with Future. We said it with Timberlake. We said it with Beaver. Like, damn, y'all selling out. Y'all money is worth it. Y'all, y'all music is worth this, that, the third. It's like, bro, they are not selling out. This is life changing money in front of them that their music is probably not worth as much as what they're getting. So that's why they're taking these deals, bro. It's a deal that they can't refuse. A Godfather deal. They can't turn down these deals. Now you become a division or yeah, probably a division at Hive America. At least you still have something to go back to that you can be a part of and still have that three hundred million dollars to bank on. Shit, with that three hundred million dollars, maybe they can pay offset what he wants so he can get the fuck out of their face. Maybe that's just the easier decision. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. And moving on to Elon's plans to remove legacy checks. Yeah, so Elon is at it again. He's pissing Twitter off. Uh so <laughs> Elon Musk said last Friday that legacy blue check marks will be removed soon. And it's the latest warning from the billionaire that people who received verification under the old Twitter regime will soon be losing it. Uh, he says that legacy blue checks will be removed soon. Those are the ones that are truly corrupt. The way in which they were given out was corrupt and nonsensical. So basically he's saying anybody who was a credible, not was a credible, but is a credible person who has had a blue check for like 10 years because Twitter gave them the check because they're a public figure or a politician or a credible source or whatever. Those are all getting taken away. So unless you have Twitter blue, unless you are paying that Twitter blue subscription in the near future, you will not have a blue check by your name. So the real Nicki Minaj in the next few months, she might not have a check by her name unless she pays Twitter blue. But there could be a fake Nicki Minaj page that does have a blue check because they're paying for Twitter blue, which is crazy as hell. I don't know how this is going to work because you're just making room for people to be fraudulent and people to be fake accounts in a sense. 
because the article right here on fortune.com says Twitter blue quickly ran into trouble when people started impersonating major companies. In one notorious example, an account that brought its verification through Twitter blue pretended to be the drug maker Eli Lilly and announced that insulin was now free and it's not. So you have people <laughs> pretending to be major pharmaceutical companies making big claims just like just picture it being your favorite celebrity or your favorite store or whatever like what if Publix you know gets their blue check taken away because they're not paying Twitter on Twitter blue but somebody makes a fake Publix account to say hey we got free chicken you know what I'm saying so I, I think Elon tripping with this I don't see how this could be good Elon continues to fuck up a good thing something that doesn't have to be changed he changed but I get it though Cause he just wants more money at the end of the day, bro. This is just a poor to get more money because like you it said, is. some of these people don't give a fuck about their 20 anymore. They're just solely stuck on Instagram or on TikTok. But some of these big companies like Publix, like Wendy's, like whatever, these major companies are going to start paying money for the Twitter blue now, playing the highest subscription pool. And that's just going to track in more money for Elon. So obviously it doesn't look good for like the rest of the people on Twitter. But for Elon Musk and the Twitter people, them niggas is just going to be racking in more money. So I can't really blame them niggas for it, bro. It's just like when Netflix came with the uh the password change. And everybody was like, bro, fuck Netflix, man. Y'all niggas come with the password We still watching. We still going <laughs> to watch Netflix and what Netflix doing. Them niggas is trying to rack up more money because y'all, they said Netflix was, uh, what did they say, bro? Netflix was losing six or $2.6 billion because of password sharing per year. $2.6 billion because of password sharing because everybody was sharing their accounts. Obviously, Netflix lost all of that cheese, my nigga. I can't be mad if we're saying, no, nah, we're going to start password or locking down that password sharing so you can't do all that shit, my nigga. We want all the cheese that's coming to us. So I can't be mad with Elon for making no good money move. This is a good money move. Niggas are going to pay for Twitter Blue Bell. I gotta pay. Wild. So I can't. I can't be mad at him, bro. Moving on to movie and show news, man. We had some big things pop off for the Super Bowl. One big thing was the Flash trailer. Ooh. That Flash that trailer looked crazy. That shit looks amazing, bro. We also got Guardians of the Galaxy, but the headliner was definitely that Flash because this is the first look. Oh, that Flash. man, Let me get that up for you. My brother was telling me about the Flash paradox. Oh, I, I ended up watching it on uh, on HBO Max, so I, I understand it. And Barry, what are you doing? Our kids are gonna want to see this. Looks that fire, shit. bro. That shit looks amazing, bro. I knew it was gonna be fire off the rip because we've heard so much good thing from James God. I think he spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. But the fact that this movie is still releasing after everything that Ezra Miller has done, who is the star who plays Flash, you do, do you understand what he's done over the past, like, year since he's filmed this movie? I mean, grooming kids, kidnapping, I mean, so much grimy, dirty shit from this nigga, and they still released this movie because they knew how important it was, it was going to be for Warner Brothers and the DC Universe. Like, this movie is going to be one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Of all it really mm. is. It really is, bro. And if you watch the Flash Paradox, I, I don't really think we've seen the billing yet. Because in the Flash Paradox, Reverse Flash was uh -huh. the person who caused the uh, the Flash Paradox anyway. So I think he's going to end up being the 
the main villain. We didn't even see him. We see like Zod from Man of Steel, but we haven't didn't seen. Didn't they? Um, I thought we saw Reverse Flash when both of their heels touched, and then they ran back the opposite direction. No, those were the two different berries. Those are the two berries, I think. Oh, I thought they were letting that be Reverse Flash. So because when he goes to the in the Flash paradox, how it basically goes that he goes to a universe where he's not super powered, but his mom ends up living. Because in the original universe, his mom dies. That's how he ends up getting super. In the Flash mm-hmm. Paradox, he doesn't have powers. And nobody is like a meta Nobody's a meta-human except for Batman. Batman isn't a meta-human. Batman is really just a, a rich man who obviously is He has like a lot of combat muscular. skills and he has yeah, exactly. technology. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Flash ends up, Flash is the only person that has memory of the past universe. So he goes to find Batman because him and Batman had a good relationship. And Batman in this universe is not Bruce Wayne. Batman in the Flash universe is Thomas Wayne, who was Bruce Wayne's father because Bruce and his mother ended up dying. So you see Flash and Thomas Wayne try to put this world back together because Reverse Flash ended up fucking this shit up because he wanted to get back at Flash with some old shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's so much that goes on. I would advise watching the, the Flash Paradox on uh, HBO Max. That will inform you on a lot that will go down. They're changing some shit in this, obviously, but it gives you like a good, you know, context of what they're in. So I think the movie is going to be dope for sure. True, definitely true. Be dope. So definitely excited for it. And uh, we also got Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. That's probably like, going to be the last one before we actually get the movie. You had any reaction to that? Uh, it was cool. I'm glad they're still not showing too much. They're they're definitely still making it very emotional when it comes to Rocket. Uh, definitely gonna um love to see his backstory and how they're gonna basically end that character because I I think something's gonna happen to Rocket. Excuse me, in this last one, so I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with that. I think this will be the best one out of all three of them. I think this will be the most emotion, bro. Will it be the best one though? I think it will be, especially because we're getting all this Kane stuff now too. All this multiverse stuff, anything can happen in this Guardians movie. I think it'll be the best one. I wouldn't be surprised, bro. It's, it's so much that's going to happen in this film, bro. I'll probably ride with you on that one. Guardians of the Galaxy better be fire. But you know, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that Kang tomorrow, man. I'm ready for that fucking Kang, man. Can't wait to see that shit. We should have that review up to y'all by sometime next week because that shit's going to be fire. So definitely stay tuned for that. Before we uh, get out of here, let's move on to Pass the Ops. Uh, what song I got this week for Past the Ox, man? Damn, what I got, what I got. Mm. I'm going to go with Nicki Minaj's uh, Roman's Revenge. So much music. Uh, I'm going to go with Scorn by Latoya Luckett. Yeah, she has definitely been sliding. And, uh, damn, it was a missile. And I Love You, I Hate You by Playboy Cardi. What's my second one? Damn, so my first one is Nicki Minaj featuring Eminem, Roman's Revenge. One of her best songs of all time, I might add. Uh, I'm gonna go Big Stunner, Quavo, and Takeoff. R.I.P. Takeoff. Uh, yes, sir. Definitely RP to my nigga. Yeah. Uh, moving on to movie and show reviews. Now we got coming up next.
Uh, y'all know we got a full slate for y'all. Uh, Glass Onion, Last Chance You, Ant-Man, like Quincy just said. Snowfall is finally here, man. By the time y'all hear our next episode, we will have watched Snowfall, and we'll have a review coming for y'all. Uh, we're going to try and review every episode of season six, the season finale. So look out for well, a Snowfall lot of Snowfall. Tomorrow? No, it, it come out on next Wednesday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. By the time they hear our next episode, we we gonna be done already in the first episode of Snowfall. So Bradley, Bradley. All right, man. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we out.